Full 10 Yards Podcast. Yes, welcome in everyone. This is the Full 10 Yards where every yard counts. I'm your host, Timothy Lambert-Monk. In the week of the backup QB, no backups here. As we welcome in the boys to help the, help put together the fabulous Full 10 Takeaways, which is now available, of course, on Full10Yards.com. We welcome in Lawrence and Sean. Lawrence, how are we, buddy? Yeah, I'm just just lucky that I did my Thomas Cook holiday in August, not in <laughs> September. So aside, aside from that, all good. Yeah, that's. Uh, and Sean, we welcome you in as well. You you good, my friend? Yeah, very good. Thank you, mate. Uh, recovering from yet another prime time experience. Not used to this as a Browns fan. It's, uh, <laughs> sleeping partner side, mate. All going wrong. Very good. Very good indeed. Of course, this is the the Full Ten Yards NFL podcast. On today's podcast, we'll run through all the results from Week Three, touching on some of the bigger storylines uh, you know that that happened during the weekend, including you know some of the things that we've written in that fabulous article that I mentioned. The Full Ten Takeaways. Go and give that a look at fullteenyards.com. Um, yeah, we'll also be looking at you know those teams that either went either end of the wind spectrum. You know, the teams are now three and zero. Teams are now zero and three. Taking a look at which are phony, maybe which are legit, and seeing if any teams can turn it around or if any teams are going to crash and burn. We're also going to take a look at all those backup QBs. Uh, you know that started in week three to see which ones belonged uh, in the NFL and which ones belonged on the bench as well. Uh, we have the usual segments as we always do for the NFL podcast. We have full ten questions where we'll be putting your week three knowledge to the test. So get your pens and papers out there ready. And of course, our favourite corner in the whole wide world, the Jason Garrett corner. Some cracking contenders here in week three. But before we get into all that juicy, juicy stuff, make sure you're following us on Twitter at Full Ten Yards, where on uh, on Sunday I debuted a bit of a live stream. Uh, eventually after some technical issues it always happens to the best of us doesn't it um, Not obviously not a lot of people on there because it was quite impromptu but so yeah something I quite enjoyed doing and we'll be doing in most weeks going forward so keep your eyes peeled on that one some more uh, usually around 5 5.15 on a Sunday to, to do everything from start sits to game previews and all your betting stuff as well. So, yeah, look out for that going forward. Be sure to check out our other branches, College Podcast, over there, Twitter at 410yards at CFB. They had a podcast, obviously, yesterday as well. And uh, Fantasy football fans, don't worry, we have you covered as well at 410yards Fantasy. Uh, did the, I did the start sits column last week as well, so I uh, didn't do too bad at that whatsoever. But, folks, we're here to talk about NFL, so we're going to do that now. Let's start with the uh, the Thursday night football game. Uh, not really a game we need to visit too much. Uh, Titans uh, downed uh, in, in Jacksonville to the Jaguars, 20-7. Oh, moving on to the Sunday games, Bengals uh, tried to make a bit of a storm back but stumbled as the finishing line was in sight as they got beaten by the Frank Gore and the Buffalo Bills. Uh, a bit of a shock over at uh, Lincoln Financial Field, the Eagles going down 24-27. to uh, A bit beaten up in, in this one, the Eagles, uh, let's say which we mentioned on the full 10, yard, uh, full 10 takeaways. Uh, so yeah, go and give that a little bit of a read. Um, no surprise in New England where the Patriots demolished the Jets, although Jets did them still manage to get <laughs> still get a bit of a pick six in to the point where they bring Brady back in. Uh, but what did you make of that, uh, folks? Lawrence, what did you make of uh, Brady coming back in the fourth quarter? He, he, he doesn't like to miss any game action. I mean, you, you look at all of his Super Bowls, he, he plays the entire game. Mm. Doesn't matter. I mean, it happens to be that Patriots Super Bowl wins traditionally um, are close. Mm. They they never blow out teams in a Super Bowl, so he's always in. That's kind of the reason he's always there. But 
you know, in these in these blowouts, thirty zero up. Um, bearing in mind, they still haven't conceded an offensive touchdown in three weeks, mm. which I think's an NFL record. Mm. It's ridiculous. It's it it just doesn't make sense. And the, but then you look at the you look at the Jets stats, and again, they were just awful. Yeah. Um, Luke Falk under a hundred yards passing in yeah. an entire game. Yeah. That. That, that's that's not an NFL quarterback. That's, <laughs> that's that's not even the old world league. I don't know what it is. Maybe, maybe he's auditioning for the XFL. Yeah. Um, possibly. Um, and and poor old Le'Veon Bell. He was just he's just being left to rot at the moment. Mm. He, he's in a he's in a, in a in a bad situation. He's an incredibly talented player. You put Le'Veon Bell back in the Steelers, and he'd be performing. But mm putting with the Jets and, and look at this it's, it's a real shame yeah obviously we'll talk about both of those teams a bit later on in the 0-3 3-0 uh, kind of discussion Sean you spoke about Dalvin Cook in the full 10 takeaways about what he continues to dish up and that he's dishing up some classics at the moment in the, obviously helping the Vikings to a comfortable victory over the Raiders yeah incredibly impressive performance he, he's got such a unique ability to, to just make defenders miss I mean there were some of the runs I was Watching red zone for quite a portion of the early Sunday schedule, and and some of the the moves defenders were breaking their ankles just trying to get near the guy. Um, he's got such a quick turn of foot. Uh, he looks like he's going to basically take the ball to the house every time he picks the ball up, and mm. he's one of the most entertaining players in the league at the moment. Clear now from injuries. Fingers crossed for him that he stays that way because he, yeah. he certainly is in line for a monster season the way he's going. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, certainly from a fantasy perspective, every time you kind of look at Dalvin Cook, I go to click the trade button and it's just like, oh, there's kind of that. You know when you've done something, they say when you, you, you touch a radiator and you get burnt, you can't you can't then go near it to the radiator. You kind of always wince because you just remember what it, what it has been before, uh, what it's done to you beforehand. But uh, yeah, we shall see. Maybe that will dissipate with a bit more time and a bit more confidence, obviously, in his in his injuries. Um, but moving on to game of the weekend, the Kansas City Chiefs show their class against the the Baltimore Ravens. Um, some shocking uh, throws here by by Lamar Jackson on. Uh, was it on third downs or fourth? One of them, I think, was on fourth down. Seth Roberts and. Um, who was the other? I can't remember. Was it Marquise Brown come out down the other one? I can't remember. Um, but yeah, the Chiefs, uh, Lawrence, showing that they're, they're here above, you know, and making the Ravens look like pretenders. It was, yeah, I mean, the the, the scoreline in the end um, wasn't really reflective of, of the game. Um, again, kind of, the Ravens got 10 points in, you know, in the fourth quarter to kind of make it look a um, sorry, not ten points. They got um, they got yeah two touchdowns and a field goal late to to make it look sensible. But they no 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 this 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 was uh, this was the Chiefs game all the way. Um, the Demarcus Robinson touchdown um, and him tiptoeing oh, was beautiful, um, in the end zone. That was that was just a thing of beauty. It was like it was like watching ballet. Um, you know Robinson again um, pulling it off. Uh, I know Tyreek Hill's kind of, you know, around the corner from getting better, but um, Denard Robinson, he's, sorry, sorry, Demarcus Robinson, he's, he's showing that he really is a talent. Mm, absolutely. Um, Sean, what did you make of it? Um, I thought it was interesting to see the Ravens against what you would call a quality opponent. They've obviously had a lot of hype in the two weeks, but when you look at who they played... yeah. Um, you know, Dolphins and Cardinals, they, they took care of them both. It was the first real test to see 
Lamar against a decent defence. And I've got to say, I wasn't overly impressed. I think I think the play that you were referring to there, Matt, I think it was Willie Sneed. Sneed, that was he ran it. Yeah, through, yeah, yeah. Ran right across the field and then basically heaved the ball back across his body. It's one of those. It goes in the book as probably a 20, 25-yard completion. Mm. In reality, he's probably one of the worst plays you will see a quarterback make. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he really did get found out, you know, much lower completion percentage than he'd had in the previous weeks. Um, you know, and, and I think I agree with Lawrence, you know, the, the Chiefs were, were really all over um, the Ravens throughout, to be completely honest. Um, so I think we didn't really learn anything that we didn't know. I think, you know, the Chiefs are one of the powerhouses in the conference and the Ravens are going to be up there in, in what he's turning out to be quite a poor AFC North division so far. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, we, you have to wonder if uh, the AFC Championship game is already a repeat of, uh, is already booked in to be a repeat of what it was last season. Uh, but one team that's obviously going to try and stop that, the Colts. Um, Jacoby Brissett had a decent game in this one. Uh, the Colts th- uh, curb stomped the Falcons early on in this one. Falcons made a Made a good fist of it towards the end, and despite you know, Matt Ryan's numbers, I think he only had five incompletions on, what, 34, 34 attempts, but so, yeah, couldn't quite get to the Colts as they ran it out there uh, towards the end. More injuries, obviously, coming for the Falcons as well. Was it Keanu Neal? Was he done for the year now? Was it a ton of Achilles with him? Um, yeah, he's out. Yeah, He's out for the season again, which is a shame. Yeah, Did I did I read somewhere right, correctly that he, Keanu Neal took his helmet off like when he realised he was what he's done and then he got flagged for it or something? Is that right? Yeah, he did, yeah. yeah. Um, another one of the articles I wrote this week was just about the volume of flags in the NFL. I was, yeah. I was referring more to, to holding in that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, one of the most ridiculous things you'll see, a guy who lost all the last season to injury, Yeah. obviously completely disappointed. He knows that he's got a serious injury when he goes down, takes his helmet off in frustration, and you can see the disappointment on his face. And then, lo and behold, talk about kicking a man when he's down, and he gets flagged <laughs> for... 15 yards and an automatic first down, which, you know, I, I actually think led to the Colts yeah. um, actually scoring some points yeah. as well. So a really ridiculous one. You know, sometimes you just think, you know, yes, there's rules there, but apply a bit of common sense from time to time, please, mm. fellas. Yeah, maybe we're getting... And, and Go on. I was just going to say, we've just got to remember that this time last week, we were contemplating whether Adam Vinatieri was going to be retiring. Um, but he's come back. He... he took a long look in the mirror, um, got two field goals himself, three extra points, and he's he's carrying on his Hall of Fame career. I just thought it was just a, a nice little sub-note because mm. there was a risk there that he was going to say, right, I, that's me done. Yeah. But he's he's carrying on. So I think that's, you know, good for him. Yeah. Oldest player currently in the NFL. Uh, moving on then to Lambeau Field, the Green Bay Packers take care of business against the Denver Broncos. Um it's a, it's a weird one because the, the Packers' defense has been, has been pretty much legit for the, you know, so far this season. But yeah, it's against a, a poor Broncos' offense, isn't it? Let's be let's be honest. Um, Broncos' defense, uh, on the other hand, the only eight, the eighth team since 1970 to have no sacks through three weeks. Uh, the last of which was the 2007 uh, New Orleans Saints. Uh, the thanks to Rich Rebar on Twitter at that one at Lord Reeves. And uh, the Broncos' defense are the only team ever to have no sacks or takeaways through the first three weeks. And when you think about it, Sean, you've got a team here. You've got Von Miller and Bradley Chubb on each end. That's quite that's quite a stat, isn't it? You would have got good odds on that. Um, <laughs> it'd been interesting uh, if uh, Adam would have uh, priced that up at the start of the year. He certainly wouldn't have had the uh, the Broncos in that category. No. Um, I mean, to be honest, it's. Um, 
as you said, there, I don't think that the defence are playing particularly poorly. Um, you know, but um, obviously they're going to want to get some production because ultimately they're going to have to battle that offence out. Joe Flacco doesn't look good so far through three weeks, so they are going to need that defence to step up, give them some short fields, and give them some easier opportunities than what they're currently getting. Mm. And Lawrence, uh, just a word on the, on the Green Bay offence. Devontae Adams, obviously, he's had a bit of a, a slow start, shall we say. No touchdowns so far, not the greatest in terms of, of yardage. And let's be honest, you know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't, you know, you mentioned, I think it was you that mentioned on the pod last last week, wasn't it? That he doesn't still seem quite right. And it's, you know, obviously on the sideline on Sunday uh, against Denver, him and Lafleur were, were having a, you know, conversations and his, Lafleur's offence is hardly set in the world of light, is it? Yeah, I mean, you've got, you got the likes of Jimmy Graham, two weeks in a row, zero catches. They did, they, they've kind of given up on him. Um, you had Marquez Valdez-Scantling leading the, the team in targets um, last week. And, and Aaron Rodgers is still in you know, second to third gear. He's got nowhere near fourth gear. Mm. And, and it makes you wonder, with the team going 3-0 and with them barely getting into gear. The running game wasn't particularly impressive. Aaron Jones had an awful stat line. Yeah. Ten carries for 19 yards. I mean, it's they're, they're, it's a weird one, isn't it, with Green Bay? They're, they 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 look if you if you took away the score and looked at their their stat line each week, you'd be thinking, well, they're they're a kind of one and two team, but they they they're getting the wins and that's what's important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see yeah, the, the the beating up Eagles uh, defense or beat the beating up Eagles. To be quite honest, uh, it'd be interesting to see what they can do on which is the Thursday night game. Uh, I, I certainly expect Rogers and certainly Devontae Adams uh, to feast a bit on that Eagles team Thursday night. But we shall see. I mean, yeah, when Lafleur has come out and saying that he wants to you know make it more even between Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams in the backfield, uh, that's not going to be good for either of them. To be quite honest, and say so I think it's been it was all there to see last year that uh, Aaron Jones is by far the better better running back than Jamal Williams, but. We we don't make the decisions they they uh, the head coach and all the rest of them do so um we as much as we don't like it it's, it's happening people so you just gotta get used to it um talking of getting used to it dolphins fans must be getting used to these kind of score lines now as the cowboys win 31 to 6 not really too much to see here a couple of stats from this one though um it was the first time I can't, I can't remember how long it was, but it's, it's a lot, first time in a long time that Dallas have never never faced a, an eight-man box in a game and i think that just obviously is a, a testament to to how yeah, the the Dallas offense is now in the in the, in, in the modern NFL twenty first century offense. Um, so I thought it was quite an interesting stat, obviously, to see that uh, Zeke Elliott and um, and Tony Pollard didn't have an eight man box to to run through. Obviously, that that kind of then led to them both having a hundred yard rushing games. So um, whether or not that's just how bad the Dolphins are, or just how you know they had to obviously respect the pass as well. So. Um, interesting there. Robert Quinn as well, uh, coming back from suspension, looks looks pretty decent off the edge. Obviously, he had something to 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 get off his chest against the Dolphins, being obviously a former Dolphin himself. But th- it's quite it's quite an interesting one this Dolphins game because although the, the score line is twenty five point differential there in the Cowboys' favour, you know Dolphins had the, had the chance to take the lead, their first lead. They've not actually had the lead at any point at all this season as well. But you know the Jason Myers kick that went went wide to his right, um, obviously. Stop them from taking the lead in there, but you know, turning the ball over in the red zone as well on a fumble, I think it was. Um, yeah, Dolphins could have been, you know, it's only t- t- 10 to 6 at the half, um, so yeah, not not as uh, yeah, I'm not going to say that they've progressed, but certainly they're not the abject failure that they were in the first two weeks as well. I don't know any any of your takes on the Dolphins. Did anyone Still see ugly. the game? Yeah, 
I know, yeah, I, I know it's too ugly. Obviously, Josh Rosen was also uh, hurried a, a fair amount as well. I just, I just thought mm, could have could have been a bit a bit different. As I say, as a Cowboys fan, I was actually quite a bit nervous in that first half. I did, uh, I did kind of start to think, oh, hang on a bit. Um, this one could go absolutely pear shaped, but obviously got it got it together. The, good, the thing I will say is, obviously they got into the, the, into the locker room at half time, just press the reset button and went again. And obviously the confidence in the team and Kellen Moore has in his players, just click the reset button and off they went as well. So um, yeah, maybe he stuttered a little bit in the first half, but uh, normal service was resumed. Uh, big game, obviously Sunday night football uh, on next week as they travel to the Mercedes Benz Superdome to face the Saints. Um, interesting game here, uh, Giants travelling to Tampa Bay uh, I mean where do we start with this one obviously Daniel Jones which we'll get to in a minute when we talk about quarterbacks and you know kicker drama uh, which involves a little trip to Jason Garrett corner um, but yeah obviously Daniel Jones first start loads of uh, loads of good news for, for Giants fans finally uh, Lawrence yeah I mean this this was, this was a case you had a a guy who was panned by you know pretty much every Every kind of football expert, every draft analysis, uh, giving the Giants a D. Oh, this, this, you know, it was overdrafted, complete failure. This is the worst first round pick ever. Um, and it was a case of just let the guy prove himself. Mm. And he's, you know, 353 yards passing. And I think the first guy to have two passing and two rushing touchdowns, and yep. that, that. That, uh, that amount of passing yards in a, in a game, in a first game. So it's, you know, pretty remarkable. We have to have the little caveat, though, that it, was, it wasn't it was that Daniel Jones won the game. Yeah. It was that he was on the, it was on the winning side. Yeah. Because it was, you know, this is, um, you know, this is the, the Bucks kicker, Mr. Gay. Um, he cost them the game and it's, it's it's a big boost, and I think for for Daniel Jones and and converting some of that kind of that New York media that's so you know that's so aggressive um, to see those sort of headlines that came up I saw on one of the one of the, I think it was on the on the Sky coverage they had a they had some of the NFL some of the headlines from the New York papers come up and just to see the the positivity there it's you know. Makes a change. Wins can suddenly <laughs> suddenly make a big difference, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I say on the other side, Sean. Obviously, this is a game that Tampa Bay lost, obviously due to to, to Matt Gabe. Obviously, he's been actually okay up until that last kick. It was was seven of eight on the season. Obviously, missed two uh, two extra points in in this one as well. But uh, yeah, ever since um, ever ever since Connor Bath. Uh, kind of a couple of years ago, they've eight straight seasons now with a different kicker, which is quite a stat in itself. You know, you've had Roberto Aguayo, Chandler Canzaro, Nick Falk, Kyra Santos. You know, they've, they've, it's not as if they've not invested a lot of uh, you know a lot of picks in this in this position. You, yeah, you certainly can't accuse them of not trying. Mm. Um, horrible feeling as as a fan watching it. I, I mean, I I really enjoyed the game as a neutral. Um, and I actually sat here at whatever time it was, about probably 20 past midnight Sunday night, and I actually mm. called it wide right, believe it or not, before <laughs> he kicked it. Yeah. Uh, I was texting a mate who was a Giants fan who was watching it, and uh, he uh, he was thrilled, and then he was down, and then he was convinced that they'd obviously thrown it away with that mm. late completion to Evans. And I said to him, have faith, mate, wide right. I've seen this uh, many a times before, and unfortunately for Bucks fans, it happened again. So 
I think, like you said, the easy thing to do would be overreact. I think, you know, Matt Gay started off okay for them. Let's have to stick with him and uh, fingers crossed he can turn it around. Yeah, I mean, Daniel Jones obviously drove, you know, like, like you mentioned, Lawrence, is uh, any rookie, first rookie to have 300 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, and two rushing touchdowns as well. Uh, it's also uh, the biggest comeback for New York Giants. They trailed by 18 points, the biggest comeback since 1970. Uh, and in games where Eli Manning was behind by 18 points, he was not 44. So, um, yeah, already um, being a lot more positive uh, over there in Big Blue. Yes, it was against Tampa Bay, and they're not the greatest of defenses, but they've got a decent line. They they can pass rush and, and all the rest of it. But, uh, but also, you know, I think the, another main takeaway was he did it without uh, Saquon Barkley, didn't he? Who obviously is out with a high high ankle sprain, going to be out to what four to four to six or to eight weeks, maybe. Um, be interesting to see if he can do that until, you know, whilst he's on the on the sidelines, Lawrence. I'm, I'm wondering who they're going to pick up because you you can't say you're going to go confidently into the rest of the season with Wayne Gorman as your as your lead back. So I'm, I'm I'm wondering who the Giants are kind of snooping around for. Your kind of Jay Ajayi's type type of back. So you know they they they. They're going to struggle, I think, without... I mean, Saquon Barkley is, is just a ridiculous talent. Um, you can't you can't replace him. It's, it's, it's like trying to replace Patrick Mahomes. You can't do that. Hmm. Um, so, you know, for, for a team to be one and two with a, with a rookie quarterback without your star player, um, not a particularly brilliant offensive line and, and a set of receivers that... Okay, Sterling Shepard looks looked pretty solid, but the rest of that offense is is still going to struggle. So this is this is all on Daniel Jones at the moment. A lot of pressure, um, and he's going to to Houston next week. Mm. So I think um, JJ Watt's going to be licking his lips over the course of the week. Are they? Is it who the Giants? Is that? I thought the Giants yeah. are the Squidskins. Do they not? Was it the Redskins? I think oh, they got the Redskins. I yeah, of? I think the Texans. Oh. I can't remember who the Texans got. <laughs> I have to have a look. Uh, I think they're in an AFC South game. Anyway, uh, we shall move oh, on. Okay. Um, yeah, no. So yeah, just uh, say so if you've got one minute, uh, get, if you've got Game Pass and you've only got forty minutes to spare, try and uh, give this one a watch. And a lovely one-handed catch by Evan Ingram, uh, and also so, also quite surprised the amount of uh, guys that the amount of fans that took the trip down to Tampa as well because it sounded like a home game there for the Giants, which is. Uh, not, you couldn't say that for you can't say that too many times over the recent couple of years, but we shall see. Uh, but yeah, on the full ten takeaways, there's a couple of segments, two of the ten segments there, uh, focused on that game as well. So go and give that. One's about Matt Gay and one's about Daniel Jones. So go and give that a read. And that game will also appear in Jason Garrett Corner a bit later on, indeed. So that's going to be fun. Uh, let's move on then to where do we get to Giants? So let's move over to another quarterback who was, was filling in for his for the number one, Carl Allen for the Panthers. Uh, got the road victory against the Cardinals. Looked quite comfortable there, Sean. Yeah, um, I think there was, there was a reasonable amount of expectation that he would do as well. I think, you know, the, um, the style of offence is probably suited to him. You know, he's not afraid to push the ball downfield. Um, and he's obviously got a you know a couple of decent young receivers there. Um, that has been the knock on Cam for the last well last few games that he started. Let's put it that way. There's been some lingering concerns around his fitness, um, and you know ultimately the the Panthers I think have been you know basically held back. If we're being honest, by Cam, I think he's lost his seven or eight starts. Mm. Um, you yep. know, so 
he's certainly not the cam that won the MVP a few years ago. Um, you know, and I thought Carl Allen came in and did a very reasonable job. Um, I think Cam's going to be out for some time. Um, yeah, but it would be an interesting decision when he does come back, if he does indeed come back, because Carl Allen's got a chance here to really stake a claim for for this job. Um, and he's certainly off to a strong start after uh, what he produced on Sunday. Yeah, of course, Cam, Cam Newton um, potentially diagnosed with a list frank injury. It's quite, it's quite interesting, actually, because... No one even heard of this injury until Marquise Brown entered the league, and now a couple of people have kind of maybe got it, and it's a bit weird, isn't it? Um, I, I don't know if we're going to get an epidemic of mono anytime soon, but um, <laughs> we shall we shall wait and see on that one. But yeah, Carolina, um, some winnable games up on the docket as well. So um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what Kyle Allen could do. Obviously, Cam New. Oh, Cam- Houston Texans have got uh, Panthers next week, I believe. Uh, that brings a bell. So uh, it'd be interesting to see if Carl Allen uh, can can kind of replicate that performance. Because again, Cardinals defense not the greatest. So uh, despite even being away from home, the Panthers uh, you know wasn't the hardest game on on their schedule. That is for certain. Uh, another interesting away defeat for the the Philadelphia Steelers, the Pittsburgh Steelers, losing twenty to twenty four. Um, 49ers, here's a stat for you 49ers are the first team in the history to win uh, when committing five turnovers how about that for a stat and I think that uh, Lawrence just says how much how little are on offence Mason Rudolph and Mike Tomlin and the rest of the boys cooked up in Pittsburgh It was. I, I gave up watching it I have to admit I, I, my normal routine is I have, um, I have um, game pass on with the red zone on my computer and then I'll keep the the Sky game on in the background, I, I couldn't stomach it, so I had to stick my PS4 on and put the uh, um, put Red Zone on, on on the big computer and pick <laughs> another game. Yeah, it was it was I, I, I was just that frustrated. It, it felt like every time Jimmy Garoppolo had the ball, it was it was splurting out somewhere. Mm. Um, so I know we had the discussion last week that um, it was likely that they were going to go three and zero, but. This is, you know, it's quite an artificial three and zero, and I have to, I, I am converted now to, yes, it is a pretty lucky three and zero, three and zero nonetheless, but yeah. Um, yeah, a pretty lucky one. Yeah, yeah, it's a in our in our article, I do uh, I do mention them as the San Francisco Phony Niners, so that's uh, I'll take that one. Um, quite enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie, when I wrote that headline, uh, yeah, did quite enjoy that. Okay, elsewhere at Central Link Field, Seahawks uh, succumb to the Saints. Uh, no, not real in in thanks to, uh, in part to Teddy Bridgewater. A bit of an interesting performance uh, from him. Uh, more fumbling issues for Chris Carson, but Saints uh, picking up the win, just leaning on uh, Alvin Kamara, the, uh, the human joystick, as they call him, Lawrence. Yeah, again, uh, he had a spectacular touchdown, another kind of highlight real job. Um, I mean, this guy is just, you know, it's it's coincidental with his uniform, but he is fantasy gold. Um, you know, a little bit little punish there, but he's you know this this is a guy who who, who could go on to you know finish as the the leading touchdown scorer this season. Mm. Um, and Teddy Bridgewater, yeah, he wasn't he wasn't perfect, but he 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 was he was doing he did pretty well. I think he did he did better than I thought he would, but. Mm. Um, in this game, and I think for the Seahawks, isn't this something like their first home loss in, yeah, in yeah. September yeah. for? I think in the peak years, yeah, in the, peak, the whole peak era. I think their first loss in September. Yeah, mm. yeah. 
So I mean that's 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 quite a quite an achievement from a, a from a backup quarterback. So mm. yeah, credit to credit to Bridgewater, credit to Sean Payton as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean it, was, it was it was kind of dink and dunk stuff from Teddy Bridgewater. He didn't actually attempt any pass over twenty yards. I think any attempted one over fifteen, and that was incomplete as well. So uh, it's pretty much dump offs to uh, to Michael Thomas, obviously for his short touchdown, and Alvin Kamara, and then he went in went and did the rest as well. But uh, yeah, uh, I won't I won't throw around the word uh, game manager. But it'd be certainly interesting to see what they kind of maybe dial up uh, on Sunday night football next week against the Cowboys, Sean. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I think you know I. I predicted it in the uh, in the lockout column that we do as well. I thought the Saints would take care of business. I think people seem to be forgetting that the Saints, you know, pretty much a, a complete team. You know, obviously the Drew Brees in, injury is going to hurt, um, but I don't think a game manager is a bad thing for them to get if that's what Teddy turns out to be. Mm. Um, you know, he's got plenty of weapons on that offense. If he can manage that offense to get, you know, thirty points a game, <laughs> they're going to win plenty. So. Um, you know, I still think the Saints are a force to be reckoned with. Um, I think you know they're paying Bridgewater an awful lot of money to be a backup quarterback. You know, I think he's got seven and a half million a year as a backup, so they're going to expect him to perform. Um, I think Sunday night's uh, game is going to be a really good one. Two really good teams. Um, yeah, so really looking forward to that one this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be staying up for that one. Already got the Monday booked off, so yeah, get the get the get the kettle on and get your biscuits out. Um, Let's move on. A couple of games left to go then. Texans uh, at Chargers. Chargers blow this one uh, pretty much. Keenan Allen obviously had himself a game as well, but uh, yeah, couldn't, couldn't muster any points on the final drive. Philip Rivers, despite converting a couple of fourth downs, uh, couldn't get the job done. But yeah, Texans coming away uh, with this one. I'm not really too sure what to make of that game, to be quite honest. It was an interesting uh, and entertaining game as well, but uh, yeah, Texans getting a road win, which could uh, have kind of wildcard implications a bit further on down the line, uh, but we shall see about that one. Uh, Sean, I'll let you take this one away. Uh, LA Rams travel to the Browns, obviously get the win as well by a touchdown, but uh, this one... Uh, loads of things to unpick here, really. Uh, Baker, Milford, Baker Mayfield, obviously not trusting his O line, starting to see a few, uh, few ghosts. He's seen more than a few. <laughs> it seems like every <laughs> play he's he's scrambling out to his right, um, and, and as you were alluding to there, at times when he doesn't need to. Um, I was actually quite encouraged by a lot of what I saw. Um, yeah, the, the defense was missing its four starters from the secondary, um, and to you know be within a score of the. You know, reigning NFC champs. I don't think he's any um, anything to be too ashamed of. Uh, there's obviously a lot for the Browns to work out, and obviously time will tell if they even can work it out. Um, you know, there was plenty there to be encouraged by, and um, you know, certainly signs of improvement from where they were two or three weeks ago. But it, it's certainly the offensive side of the ball that is causing most of the issues. Which you know, if you'd have asked anybody. At the start of the season, you know, I don't think anybody would have predicted that. You know, Baker does seem to have regressed a little bit in year two. Um, you know, for a quarterback that's you know consistently been the most accurate in the country when it comes to his college career, and, and obviously very impressive in his debut season. I think he's actually now got something like the worst or the third worst completion percentage of the quarterbacks that have suited up for the first three games of the season. Um, you know, so it's obvious that there is issues there. Um, and they're going to have to turn it around pretty quickly. Um, but like I say, plenty of encouragement from a Browns perspective. Good win again for the Rams. They're another one of the teams we'll talk about in a bit of depth shortly. Um, you know, but they're just going to sit now at uh, at three and zero. Um, you know, and they're looking pretty good as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, what you might need to do for for Baker Mayfield get oh, get Derek Akora in, be the QB coach. Maybe that sorts. <laughs> Maybe that sorts yeah. out. There you go. There's a most haunted joke for you. How many how many podcasts can say they've got a most haunted joke in there? <laughs> hey, come here. It's, stay for the jokes, folks. Just say it for the jokes. Um, it, just, just before we do move on to to Monday Night Football, uh, Lawrence, and obviously get your thoughts on your Redskins. Um, Freddie Kitchens under a bit of fire. Obviously, we talk about him shortly, and Jason Garrett Corner as well. But do we, Sean? What's your what's your thoughts on the claims that he's maybe in a bit over his head and uh, obviously this is a guy who was uh, employed mainly or is reported because Baker Mayfield uh, ha- you know, air quotes liked him and, and wanted him to be the head coach uh, do, do we think or do you think that Freddie Kitchens may be over his head a little bit? Uh, I think he probably is I think the, the thing that, that frustrates me is that he did his press conference Monday and it was you know quote unquote completely out of the question that he was going to hand off play calling duties, and you know, I, I think to be honest, that that's a little bit of a concern. There's obviously some things that are going wrong, and it's great that he wants to own all of the mistakes, but ultimately, you know, he also needs to own the solutions. Yeah, and you know, potentially, he's got an excellent offensive coordinator who, you know, Tampa Bay's offense last year was not the issue. Let's you know, let's be honest. You know, he he called some good games in Tampa Bay. Um, you know, and ultimately, I think Todd Munkin could take a lot of that responsibility off Freddie um, but on the flip side of that you know there's, there's fans already calling for his head and all the rest of it which to me is just ridiculous you know he he was good in eight games last year you know has he had a good start to the season no I'm not trying to kid anybody there's obviously things that he needs to work on but to suggest that at this early stage that the best thing they can do is move on I just think he's he's a hell of an overreaction um, you know everybody from a brain's perspective would want to see it improve but uh you know, ultimately, I think we need to stick in there and, uh, you know, hopefully you can recapture some of the magic that we saw at the, the back end of last season. Mm. Yeah, massive game for them next week as they travel to, to the Ravens as well. Big NFC, AFC North uh, battle there. So, yeah, all to play for. They, big, big game there for the Browns. Lawrence, let's move over to Monday Night Football then. Uh, so I, I thought it was a nature, chan- a nature program because the Bears feasted on some redskin meat. It was, oh, gosh. <laughs> you know, there's me getting excited. I stayed up for it. Um, I've had two hours sleep um, since the game, hoping that you know something would happen, and then Khalil Mack just decided to have another fantastic game. Two sacks, two forced fumbles. The, the, the it was a one of those classic revenge games. So Ha Ha Clinton Dix, who signed briefly, played briefly for the Redskins last season. Um, comes in two interceptions, one to start the scoring with a with a pick six, mm. and then another one with about a sixty yard return. Um, I mean, this was it was interesting at the end of the at the end of the game. There's me at kind of half four in the morning watching um, Jay Gruden's press conference and saying he wants to stick with Case Keenum. Because he wants consistency, and I'm thinking, what you consistently want to lose? <laughs> okay, that's fine. Um, but it, it's it's. I think that, like the question was last week, at what point does the Daniel Jones um, carnival begin? I think we've got to stay. When is the Dwayne Haskins carnival going to begin? And and this was, I think, this was the the most amount of turnovers Case Keenum's committed as a as a professional. Um, he's, he did manage to pad his stats at the end, going over three hundred yards, 
two scores, but this is this was not the answer. Our, our, our defense, which was supposed to be the our savior with our you know quality defensive line, and it just just has not worked out. Mm. Um, I think the the only ray of light we had in the in the game was um, rookie receiver Terry McLaurin yeah. became the first receiver in in NFL history to open his first three games with five or more catches and a touchdown in each game mm. which is you know quite remarkable it's kind of like getting yeah, it's like finding something in the in the bottom of the ashes really yeah. um you know of a, of a of a large fire and then finding something valuable at the end and you know underneath all the all the cinders so mm. you know not not a lot of room for optimism mm. whatsoever no, it's like finding a fifty-pound note down the back of the, of the sofa. Uh, not that yeah. I've ever done that. That would be that would be nice, though. Um, maybe yeah, anyone out there has ever found a fifty-pound note down the back of the sofa? Send it, send it my way. Um, yeah, not really too much to. Obviously, the Bears have had their troubles early on this season. But obviously, a bit of a bit right, a get-right game for them. But obviously, that was on top of a, a good d- defensive performance. So if you started them in fantasy uh, and needed a miracle, you kind of got one because they got a hell of a lot of points uh, for fantasy purposes. So that's all the week three wrapped up. Then, so obviously, we've got a couple of Norton three teams a couple of three and oh teams so let's just quickly run through those the zero and three teams the Steelers um, have the Bengals next week on Monday Night Football so maybe they uh, get rid of their goose egg I uh, say so the Bengals themselves are zero and three so it could be the zero and three bowl you could call it in the AFC North uh, the Dolphins obviously they play the Chargers next week uh, don't really expect them to get a result the Jets uh, will still be winners going into week five because they're on the week five week four bye but hopefully they might get Sam Darnold back who knows uh, Lawrence Fred to say obviously your Washington Redskins and by the sounds of it Jay Green wants to extend that number and not the zero there's three and then finally uh, they say the Bengals and the Broncos as well which of those teams fellas Lawrence start with you first which of those teams uh, Dolphins uh, aside which ones do you think will be the win- winless the longest I think the Broncos Ooh. I think the I think Joe Flacco is just it's he's just he's just kind of there's there's nothing there there's no there's no highlight reel there's no there's no movement um that i think you know i say the redskins but i think the the broncos have got bigger problems than the redskins we 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 have been competitive we are scoring points um i think i think the broncos are in in the, in the biggest trouble mm, i think they're home to jacksonville next week as well so um if they're going to get a, get a win one of those that game is going to be likely won um sure what about you what do you, what do you reckon uh, I'm probably going to get some stick for this, but I don't care. I'm going to throw it out there. I think the Steelers are in real trouble. Um, the quarterback position is obviously um, massively concerning, losing losing Big Ben. Um, but if you look at what they're actually producing offensively, can, can anyone tell me where Juju Smith-Schuster's gone this year? I haven't seen him yet. Mm. Um, he's done next to nothing. Um, I think there was one big play this weekend, but that's really the first sighting that we've had of him. Um, James Connor's doing nothing on the ground and ultimately there is just absolutely zero production coming on that side of the ball. Mm. Um, I'd say the same there with the Jets as well. I think, you know, everyone's saying, oh, Sam Donald will be back and it'll all be okay. Well, again, I don't know what we're really basing that on. You know, he was there for week one and, you know, what did they put up? 14 points, was it, against the Bills? Okay, are doing well, but you know, again, it's hardly some offensive juggernaut. I think those two teams are in real, real trouble, to be honest, because I just don't see any production coming on that 
offensive side of the ball. Um, so that, those for me would be two that I would be looking at. Um, even though at the start of the season, I would have probably predicted both of them to be in playoff contention. It shows how little we know going into a season. Cause here we are less than a month later, and I'm talking about two teams that. You know, I'm struggling to see where the wind's coming from there. Mm, certainly, if uh, Pittsburgh don't win uh, against the Bengals at home on Monday Night Football, there's going to be mutiny in Pennsylvania. Uh, that's going to be quite quite a fun thing to see. Uh, hopefully for Adam as well, the ben- Bengals can get a win, but we shall see. Not something they've done too often. They have the Bengals, but yeah, we, we shall see. Who knows? If, if the Bengals are going to beat the Steelers, this is going to be uh, next Monday night, isn't it? Uh, but yeah, keep your eyes peeled for that. Let's move over to the other side of the coin then, folks. Uh, 3-0 teams, Dallas, Buffalo, Rams, 49ers, Patriots, Kansas City and Packers. Not too many surprising names there. Um, but if you had to pick one team, Sean, which team goes unbeaten the longest? I'll, I'll give you my normal boring stock answer here, mate, and that'll be the New England Patriots. Um, they, they are just far superior to anybody. I think, you know, Lawrence called it out earlier, you know, yet to give up a, a, a sort of genuine touchdown, if you like, on the defensive side of the ball. You know, they've obviously um, had a couple going via special teams and a and a pick six this weekend, um, but they just look the most complete team. You know, I think the Chiefs are probably more exciting and explosive to watch. Um, and on the NFC side, I think, you know, Dallas have been incredibly impressive. So I know you're over the moon and, and so you <laughs> should be. Um, I think those three teams at the minute are the standout three. But if I had to pick one and, and sort of put some money on it, then I know it's boring, but that's always the easy answer, the New England Patriots. Yeah, I, I, um, yeah, happy is probably an understatement. I made a song that didn't, don't you know, Kellen Moore. Uh, go check that out on YouTube. Um, <laughs> yeah, Patriots obviously travelled to Buffalo this weekend in the three and O Bowl, so that'd be quite an interesting one. Obviously, we'll, we'll, we'll finally get to know uh, how good Buffalo are. Obviously, struggled against Cincinnati towards the end of that game um, after going up early. But it'd be interesting to see if New England kind of put them in their place. But uh, Lawrence. Uh, we mentioned obviously 49ers are phony Niners as I, as I like to call them. They'll still be undefeated going into week five because they've got a week four bye as well. But uh, yeah, some some interesting teams here. But yeah, the, obviously the usual suspects in Dallas and the Rams, Patriots, and Kansas City. Um, are you surprised at all that, that uh, you know, I suppose we are surprised that the Packers is three and zero considering their schedule they've had. Well. I just want to just want to think about one other. Don't forget, there is one other team in the NFL that is that's played three games and is undefeated. They are, yeah, there is the, the Detroit Lions. Yes. So let's 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 just pay a small bit of respect to the <laughs> Detroit Lions, who I think nobody um, was thinking they'd be undefeated after three weeks. Right. So um, I think Matt Patricia, um, a bit of the Belichick magic is 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 rubbing off in in Matt, Matt Patricia's beard. Mm. Um, so I think I think we've we've got to as I say pay a bit of credit there. Yeah. Personally, um, my I, I I still think the the Cowboys are looking incredibly impressive. Um, it's both sides of the ball. It's kind of everywhere. It's the offensive line, and I think that I hate to say it, but I think they're the to me they're looking. If they were played, if they played the Patriots right now um, for for all the chips, I, I could see them coming away with a win. Mm. Dallas do play New England a bit later on down the line. Uh, I think late mid to late November, I think it is. So that'd be interesting to see if they're if they're still red hot as well. Yeah, but do yeah. Shout out to the Lions. Um, maybe been slightly lucky, obviously, to get the. Uh, 
to get the draw against Arizona and the, you know, the Chargers had no kicker either when they in week two and then the Eagles were quite beaten up. But you still got to, you still got to win those games. So yeah, fair play to them. Next up on though, they've got the Chiefs, uh, the Packers, and the Vikings. So that could uh, that could all go quite quickly to three and three. But we uh, not three and three, but you know what I mean two two three and one. Um, but yeah, here's here's one for you then. So seventy four percent of teams that are three and zero reach the playoffs. So that we have seven teams. So pick two, Lawrence, to miss the playoffs out of all of those. Dallas, Buffalo, Rams, San Francisco, New England, Kansas, and Green Bay. Um, I think I think Buffalo. It's 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 going to get a lot tougher, and I think um, for Green Bay as well. Mm, yeah, I think, Green- um, I think they're they're as I say they're they're three and zero, but it's they're they're not impressing. So. Mm. Buffalo and Green Bay for me as mm. as the teams that are going to slow down. Yeah, I mean we're not we're not definitely saying that two miss, but obviously seventy four percent of of seven is around about two. So yeah, I'd, I'd probably go Buffalo and San Francisco. I, I can't see, so I can't, I can't. Sorry, I just can't have San Francisco. Um, I got I go on a bit of a rant in our in our full ten takeaways. So go and give that <laughs> go and give that a read. Um, yeah, it doesn't take a genius to work out that I wrote that one. Um, but uh, Sean, what are you what are you going for? No, give give us two that are probably going to miss the playoffs. Yeah, I, I think we we might not get two from that group, um, but I think if I had to pick two, I'd probably go with the 49ers and the and the, and the Packers. Um, the Packers more so, to be honest, because I think that's a really good division. Yeah. Um, I just think strength in that division ultimately, you know, makes it tough for them. I think the the Bills might just sneak one of the wild card places. I don't think they're obviously going to be good enough to win the division, but uh, I actually think the Bills, uh, you know, could well end up with a, a playoff record via the wild card. Mm. Yeah, yeah, certainly, certainly interesting stuff. So yeah, say so, some of those will be going to four and zero next week. Hopefully, it can be the the Cowboys. When you say you, you don't think there'll be two, do you just think there'll be just the one, uh, Sean? Yeah, I think there'll be just the one. Um, I think I think it'll just be the forty nineers out of that group. I think you know I, I predicted at the start of the year. I think that the the Packers will make a wild card. Um, I think there'll be two out of that division, and I think the the Bills will make a wild card as well. Mm. Um, so, so far, um, not looking too bad on that prediction front. Okay, not too bad at all. Talking of not too bad, we, we, we talked about the, most of the uh, the backup QBs in, you know, kind of a new a backup QB watch. Uh, but we'll gloss over and see, um, you know, which ones we liked, which ones we didn't. So, obviously, we had Daniel Jones, Carl Allen, Mason Rudolph, uh, Luke Falk, uh, Josh Rosen, Teddy B, and obviously Gardner Minshew as well. He's not obviously not new in this week, but he was new in last week. Uh, well, even week one. But uh, any any bit... If, if, Who's been your favourite so far? Who's been the most impressive and who's been the least impressive? If we just go kind of one-word answers here before we move on. Uh, Lawrence, start with you. I'll go with Minshew as most impressive and Luke Falk is in a league of his own <laughs> as the least impressive. I mean, for goodness sake, the guy's the third-string quarterback, so I, I think it's a bit of an, a bit of an unfair question yeah. And, yeah. and putting him in that that group of backups because he's not even technically the backup. No. He's the he's the he's the assistant to the clipboard holder. Yeah, he's the dustman. Um, Sean, what, what about you? Uh, most impressive, Daniel Jones. Um, based on you know, and I agree with what Lawrence has just said. There, I think it's almost unfair to have Luke Falk in there and. With that in mind, I would say the one I'm most disappointed in and alluded to earlier is probably Mason Rudolph. Mm. Um, you know, let's not forget that he, you know, through the draft process last year, all the talk about the quarterbacks in that draft, um, you know, Mason Rudolph was 
was hardly thought of. You know, appreciate he didn't go until the third round, but uh, it was certainly hardly thought of. And uh, like I say, certainly not that impressed uh, with what I saw on Sunday. No, and I think if, if it wasn't for that long Juju catch and run and Deontay Johnson uh, TD, I think he would have been uh, he would have joined Luke Falk on the under under 100 yards uh, passing uh, bench. So, uh, but yeah. Certainly peed, peed down his leg a little bit, didn't he? But uh, interesting stats. Pittsburgh are now one and six on the in, on the West Coast in the last seven games, uh, and like I, I did mention earlier, uh, since twenty sixteen, teams creating five turnovers are twenty eight naught and one. So um, yeah, they've managed to get rid of that goose egg there for that stat. So well done, to, well done to them, I suppose. Um, okay, let's move on. And so that was uh, that's week three in the books. How much how much were you paying attention though, folks? Because it's time to test your knowledge. In the full 10 questions. Okay, folks, here we go. Time to test your knowledge. Have you been paying attention to NFL Week 3? We're about to find out. Get your pens and papers at the ready. Today's contestant is Alex Kelly. One of the He's the Jags beat writer for the, uh, the new blog that's kind of popping up everywhere and really enjoying reading their content. So shout out to those guys. But uh, Alex Kelly, Jags beat writer for NFL fans underscore UK on Twitter. Alex, welcome you in. How are you doing, buddy? Hey, Tim. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Appreciate it. I'm doing good. Very good indeed. Uh, how, are we, how are we doing? Yeah, we're very, we're very well this and uh, enjoying those. It, it, it's quite scary actually. We're already heading towards week four uh, and a quarter way through the fantasy football season. But um, yeah, we maybe not focus on that too much because we might start crying again uh, after obviously a six month hiatus. But uh, t- tell us a bit about yourself, Alex. Obviously, writer, Jags beat writer for the NFL Fans UK. Uh, you've been a Jags fan for long. What's, what's kind of your exposure to NFL? How did you get into it? Um, yeah, so I probably been into the NFL and been a Jags fan for, hmm, it must be going on five years maybe now. Okay. Are you, um, are you, a, are you a Wembley Stadium convert? Sorry? Did, did you, were you a converted Jags fan from the games in London? No, I actually became a Jags fan well before that. Um, I, yeah, I was just kind of looking for it. I got into the NFL. Um, we were at university. None of us, well, there was one, we had one buddy that was into the NFL um, and he was a Seahawks fan. So we decided to do a Super Bowl party for Super Bowl um, XLX and um, Super Bowl 49. And uh, yeah, it was um, it was one of the best sporting events I've ever seen. So it was uh, and I was kind of hooked from that. And uh, yeah, I kind of identified with the Jags as, you know, being the UK team and, you know, this whole playing a game at Wembley every every year. <laughs> you going you going to so, the, the Texans, Jags Texans game this year? Yeah, I am. Yeah, cool. um, yeah, I'm really excited for it. I wasn't thinking I'd be able to get tickets this year, but uh, just about managed it. Yeah, lovely stuff. We'll be. I'll, I'll be going as well. So, might, might, who knows? Might see you there. Um, yeah. Right. Okay. Let's get down to business. Alex, have you have you been paying attention to week three of the NFL? Oh, I'm. I suspect I'm about to be proved that I wasn't <laughs> paying as much attention as I thought. I I'm just trying to see if I've got a. Oh, I have got a Jack's question in there. So let's see how you did. Okay, um, I might get one. Yeah, you might get one. Absolutely, yeah. But uh, anyone out there that wants to give it a go, give us a get us in contact uh, at Full Ten Yards on Twitter, and we'll get you on. Put your knowledge to the test. There's 13, 14 more weeks left to go in the season, so plenty of spaces open for you people out there. Uh, get in touch with us. Love to have you on. But yeah, same same format as usual. Ten questions against the clock. Uh, winning score from last week, I think, it was eight out of ten by uh, Dan James great score uh, seems to be not, I wouldn't say the standard but seems to be the bar certainly 2 minutes 17 is the time as well if uh, if that needs to come into play but Alex without any right. further ado I've got my stop clock already and we will lead you in in 3, 2 and 1 question 1 in Thursday Night Football which player had more rushing yards Derek Henry or Leonard Fournette? Uh, 
Eric Henry. Uh, who scored, question two, who scored the winning touchdown in the Buffalo-Cincinnati game? Uh, Josh Allen. Okay, question three. Which game of the weekend had the biggest winning margin? Uh, ooh, um, Cowboys, uh, Cowboys, Cowboys, Dolphins. Okay, question four. What, who was the name of the kicker that missed the field goal attempt at the end of the New York Giants-Tampa Bay game? Oh, no. Um, Josh Rosas. Okay, question five. How many passing touchdowns did backup quarterback Kyle Allen have throw for for Carolina against Arizona? Three. Question six. How many receiving yards did Keenan Allen get versus the Texans? 138 or 183? Uh, 138. Okay, question seven. Which team has scored the most points so far this season? Uh, Kansas City. I knew that was going to be the answer. Question eight. Name one of the two games that had a winning margin of three points. Is a toughie. Uh, three points. Um, Tampa Bay, New York. Okay. Uh, question nine. Who is the current sack leader through three games with eight sacks? Uh, Shaq Barrett. And question 10. Within 25, how many passing yards did Tom Brady throw for versus the New York Jets? Uh, 280. Ooh, okay. We will stop the clock there. Okay, 1 minute 46 is the time. So you've you've beaten the time if you managed to get eight or more. How do you think you did? Uh, very poorly, I suspect. We, well, we shall we shall find out. How do you, I wonder how you all got on at home. Question one, Thursday night football, who had more rushing yards, Derek Henry or Leonard Fournette? You went Derek Henry? It was actually Leonard Fournette, obviously, on that big one run that he got of 87-odd yards or something. But uh, I think Derek Henry only got uh, 60-odd yards or 40-odd yards, and uh, Fournette won by about 20 anyway. So, um, he carried the ball enough, but I was sure he would have got, he, he'd have managed more than that one Fournette run. Uh, let's have a look. Hang on two seconds. Now you've made me doubt myself. Yeah, right, here we go. Fun. Yeah, Derek Henry, 44 yards. There we go. I was right. Anyway, <laughs> okay. Okay. Who's got the winning touchdown? Question two. Who's got the winning touchdown for Buffalo Bills versus the Cincinnati Bengals? It was Frank Gore um, chugging his way Ooh. through there from, from short yardage situation. Question three. Which game had the biggest winning margin? Dallas-Miami is the correct answer on that one. I think it's 25 or something, wasn't it? Uh, question four. Who was the kicker that missed the field goal uh, attempt at the New York Giants and the Tampa Bay game? Uh, Matt Gay was his uh, was his name, a third round selection from this year's draft. Draft. Uh, question five: How many passing touchdowns for Carl Allen? You said three. It was four. Uh, so not uh, unlucky on that one. Uh, Keenan Allen had uh, 183. Not doing very well here. <laughs> uh, 183 uh, passing uh, receiving yards, not 138 on that one. Uh, which team has scored the most points so far? It wasn't Kansas City, but it was the team in the same game. It was the Baltimore Ravens, actually, which was actually quite surprising. Obviously, had 59 week one, I think, against the Dolphins, didn't they? So. That kind of put both of them. I think Kansas City was second, actually, to be fair, which is, I, I think I was a bit mean putting it in, but um, yeah, that's what I do. That's what I do over here at full 10 yards. <laughs> um, then one of the two games that had a winning margin of three points, uh, the Tampa Bay game was one point, I believe, which is uh, 
why they went obviously went for the field goal. But the three game, the three point games were Philadelphia, Detroit, and Indi- uh, Indianapolis against Atlanta. So those two there. Shaquille Barrett though is the sack leader uh, so far through three games. So that's that's well done. And do you know what? Within twenty five, uh, he put he threw for how how unlucky is this? Three hundred and six yards uh, he threw for, and you said two, you said two hundred eighty. So uh, I don't I don't know if that epitomizes uh, how well you did uh, in in a nutshell. Uh, but do you know what? Do you know what? I'm I'm going to give it to you because that's uh, that's terribly unlucky, and I'm feeling a bit sorry for you. But um, yeah, just respectable. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so yeah, just just the three out of ten on that one. But yeah, not not far away on a couple of those. Uh, so um, if the if the ball had a tip to the other, if the coin had flipped the other way, you'd have. Uh, You'd have been a bit further up that leaderboard, but three out of ten. Uh, obviously, not the greatest results, but uh, we really appreciate you coming on uh, and, and yeah, spending your time. Well, and, let's come back and see if I can beat that at some point. Ab- absolutely, yeah. You're more than welcome to, to come on and, and redeem yourself and the boys, and I'm sure all the guys at NFL Fans UK will give you a bit of stick. Yes, no, I will. Yes, I I do not look forward to the uh, to the, to the <laughs> yeah no no bragging rights for you. But the, what you have to do, uh, Alex, is get someone else to come on as well and put the. It's quite it's quite difficult when the uh, when the spotlight's on you. Yeah, we've got some guys that are much, much, much more switched on than I am. So uh, hopefully, <laughs> one of those can come and restore our restore our pride. Restore a little pride. Bit. No, absolutely. Yeah, uh, no, get we're, we're no doubt be in touch for some more people pluck to pluck from from the team to put knowledge to the test. But yeah, but Alex, thanks, thanks once again for coming on. Uh, all the best over there, NFL fans UK, and uh, good luck to the Jags. Obviously, when they come over Wembley, maybe we'll see you down there. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Jason Garrett is clap your hands. All you do, Jason Garrett, is clap your hands. Jerry plays you like a puppet. You really are a muppet. It's fourth and one, don't do it, just clap your hands. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen, Jason Garrett corner time. Some crackers to peruse through and uh, you kind of unpick. Um, it's a couple of contenders, isn't there, this week? I suppose we have, we have to start with... Um, with Bruce Arians, the field goal fast. We did mention, obviously, Matt Gay missed from 34 yards, but it could have been oh so different. Uh, I did mention in the full 10 takeaways article that, um, you know, Daniel Jones obviously drove the New York Giants down to a late lead, one, one minute 21 left in the in the fourth quarter. But J- Jameis Winston uh, emphatically replied with a 44-yard toss down to, to Mike Evans, who had an absolute day as well. Shout out to him, great performance by him. Uh, but yeah, he caught the ball on the Giants' nine-yard line, so... After a bit of sh- shenanigans, obviously didn't they clocked the ball rather than they had one timeout left in the bank. Um, didn't didn't take the timeout then. Then yeah, spiked it. Sixteen seconds, I think, were, were left on the on the on the clock. Um, to the point when then it just all got a bit silly, didn't it? Um, yeah, they then took a delay of game, which caused I think a ten second runoff, uh, which leaves six seconds on the clock. And then Jameis Winston did a kneel down, uh, dead center of the hashes, with you know leaving four seconds left uh, on the clock. So it's not I can. I don't mind that so much. That's that's not that's not even the worst part, which is probably bad in itself. Um, so it's it's not only turned you know what a twenty-seven yards field goal, uh, it, you know, it turns it now into a thirty-four yard field goal from from that game. I did know, obviously mention earlier in the pod he missed two extra points, which is from thirty-three. But the thing that takes it for me, boys, the thing that takes is, is the biscuit is the uh, Bruce Arians quotes afterwards. I don't I don't know how much you've seen of it or read it and yeah uh, and all yeah. the rest of it, but I'll just read out what he said. So. From going from a 27-yard field goal to you know, a delay of game and then a, a kneel down, which is another two yards, 
Bruce Arian said, I, ju- I, took, I just took it on purpose. He's better back there. That field goal is easier back five yards. We wanted to move the ball, put it in the middle and make it easier. Now, I'm not being funny, and I don't know if things have changed from, uh, and we're now living in, in cuckoo land, but how, how is a kick, you know, however many yards, was it eight, nine yards back, is, is easier than a 27-yard field goal? How, how in the world is that easier? <laughs> silence, 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 isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it, it was stunning. I was, I was listening, I, I listened to um, him saying all of this, and, and it just, it stunned me. I think it's, this is, it's really, it's going to hurt him, and it's going to hurt the, the confidence of the, the entire team mm. that this kind of muck, mucking about, you know, just, just get it done. Get it done. Yeah, dare I, dare I say as well, if it had been seven, five, seven yards further forward, uh, it might have actually squeezed in the upright because it did curve a bit, bit, bit at the end. But so uh, that's we, we will never know. It's near here or there. Uh, but yeah, that, that quotes uh, that's that's going to go in the Hall of Fame for Jason Garrett Corner. Bruce Arians there. So um, we'll we'll maybe send him a gold jacket. Probably won't. But um, yeah, moving on. Um, Sean, obviously, one in your game with regards to uh, Freddie Kitchens on a, on a on a fourth down. Uh, here's an interesting stat: a, a draw player has never been a draw player has never been called on a fourth and nine ever so uh, again talking of Hall of Fame decisions that's you know f- that's a world first there it was just bizarre I mean it was lucky it was in the early hours of the morning because uh, I refrained from screaming at the TV in fear of waking <laughs> the rest of the house up um, just a completely and utterly bonkers thing to call um, compounded by the fact that earlier in the drive there was a clear pass interference mm, that, that yeah. should have been called and wasn't and yeah. And Freddie didn't challenge that um, because there was a penalty on the play. Um, as it turns out, you know, had he challenged and, and subsequently won, um, that penalty would have offset. So, you know, it would have, you know, given them an extra down, if you like. So yeah. we wouldn't have actually been in a fourth down scenario potentially at that stage. Um, and to compound it with what he called was just was just crazy. Um, you know, Nick Chubb had a decent game, don't get me wrong. He, he was probably the Browns' best offensive player on the night by a comfortable distance. Um, but to expect him to, to run straight through the middle of that Rams defence and, you know, bear in mind, 99 plays on the line for the Rams, it was never going to be a great call. Um, there's a few that Freddie could have won it for this week, to be fair. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. Let's be honest, um, you know, first and goal at the four-yard line, trying to tie the game, you know, not not running the ball once when you had all three timeouts was questionable enough. Yeah. To run four plays with an empty backfield and telegraph the fact that you aren't even going to bother, you know, pretending that you might run. Um, it just wasn't a good game for Freddie, unfortunately. I know we talked about it earlier. Um, you know, I'm still a fan, I'm still a believer, but uh, he's certainly going to appear in Jason Garrett corner more often if he carries on the way he is at the minute mm, Absolutely and then just to, just one notable uh, mention Lawrence I don't know if you've got any contenders as well but I thought it's quite interesting in the Kansas City Baltimore game um, when it was 30-19 yeah. to 19, John Harbaugh going for two there at 30-19 to 19. surely you just kick the point ex- the, the point after and go 10 points behind I'm not quite sure what going for two uh, really does for you there apart from putting you in a hole if you don't get it I think I, I mean Harbour said at the end of the game that the intention was that he was going to be aggressive throughout. He wanted to score lots of points. Um, in fact, went for three two-point conversions Did. yeah, and yeah. Didn't, didn't get didn't get a single one of them. No. Um, he was going for fourth downs early on. Yes, he had some success with the fourth downs. 
I think he, I think it was, I think it was the right decision because it, um, the game ended up close. This was this was a game which you you can't let Patrick Mahomes get a, you know, twenty-one point lead, then it becomes a twenty-eight point lead, and it just it becomes out of hand. So you you've got to take the risks. Mm. But I think yeah, when it when you when you boil it down to that particular moment at, at um, when they had the you know the nineteen points, just to kick the extra point and go okay, let's let's just let's work on this. You know, we're touchdown and a field goal away from tying this up. Mm. Yeah, it was. It wasn't good, but I think it, I, I don't think if you would have if he would have had that play again, he would have changed his mind. Mm. I think he would have done everything that he would have done on Sunday. I think he would have done all over again because mm. that was the mindset that he went in, and I think the team were prepared for that. I think they're just going to be doing um, extra reps on two point conversions um, over the course of the week. Yeah, so I just think it's bone headed that I, I don't. Don't care what anyone says about that. that that's just ridiculous. Because if you get it, it's still it's still uh, you know touchdown and a field goal. Thing is, to me, you, you you kick the extra point there, and then if you if you're in a position where say you kick a field goal and then you you make you know you can make it twenty nine to thirty, then then go for two because then you get thirty one thirty. Kick do do the two point then because then you can probably you know there'll be hardly any time any time left on the clock and then you can get out there and sneak a win. I mean, we spoke last week about how many teams go for two point conversions now. Um, you know, to, to try and win a game, especially away from home. I, I don't mind the, the first the first touchdown they scored it when they went six 0 up to go to try and go eight 0 up and you know try and set the pace and um, you know kind of you know, dictate the pace of the game and, the, you know, and the, I don't don't mind that. I just think at thirty nineteen that's the that's the wrong time to. I, I, I appreciate you want to be aggressive, but that's just that's that's not being aggressive. That's being stupid in my opinion. But um, it's it's kind of like it's, it's kind of like if you're addicted to gambling, though, isn't it? If you you, you 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 gamble, you lose, you gamble again, thinking you're going to win, mm. and you, you keep gambling, and you don't realise you, you get. I think he got caught up in the entire game and just kept going. Is it his instinct was gamble, gamble, gamble? Mm. Yeah. I think in the cold in the cold light of day, when he's analysing it and breaking down the film, um, in you know in the in the you know player sessions during the week, he's going to realise. Um, but I think at the time. He, he had ton, ton, tunnel vision to keep that gambling going. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Right, let's get out of here. Before we get out of here, let's have a quick look ahead to week four. Like I say, big game Thursday night football, big game for the Eagles, um, who the, to, after Sunday night football could be three games behind Dallas, which would be uh, lovely for me uh, personally. But uh, we shall see. As say, Dallas travel to New Orleans for that Sunday night football. Uh, another couple of interesting games Patriots at Bills in the AFC East you know battle for for top spot there Vikings at Bears NFC North uh, Browns at Ravens AFC North again one for you Sean a bit, bit interesting game and then Panthers at Texans as well could be a, a cross a cross conference uh, game that could have again both teams kind of vying for for wild card aspirations uh, but yeah any any particular games that you you guys are looking for obviously I mentioned five or six there yeah I think for me um, you know I'll be I'll obviously be tuning into the Browns Ravens game. I think, you know, all the talk of how bad the Browns have been, you know, compared to expectations. If they win Sunday, they actually will top the division. So, like I said earlier, it may just be that the AFC North, that has, you know, traditionally been a bit of a powerhouse of a division, um, is actually quite poor this year. Um, so, looking forward to seeing that one. I think the, the Sky game is, is the logical pick. I think the, the Patriots and Bills, um, you know, I think you called it the three and O bowl earlier. Yeah. Um, you know, potentially a really tasty, tasty game. Um, 
So as ever, you know, some interesting uh, matchups thrown onto the schedule. Um, and like I said, I think rounding off Sunday night, um, you know, potentially could be quite a special one. So you know, you picked a, a good Monday to book off work, mate. I know you'll obviously be uh, rooting for the Cowboys. It'll be a tough game, but uh, you know, I think it'll be a really, really good watch to round out uh, another excellent Sunday night of action. Yeah, I think if they, if they can put up the same performance they did against the Saints last season on Thursday Night Football as well, they, uh, we should uh, should come out victorious. But Lawrence, hopefully you're not too offended by me not putting the uh, Giants and Redskins on the docket. Um, no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. I'm, I'm personally looking forward to the kind of divisional bruise fest of the, the Vikings and the Bears. Mm. Um, and I, I will be, in two weeks' time, I shall be seeing the Bears for myself at, at Tottenham. So I shall be able to feed back what they're like in the flesh. Mm. Um, so that, that's kind of that's kind of um, piqued my curiosity with that game. And this is, you know, this is Dalvin Cook is leading the league in rushing and and by a, a healthy little margin against a, a Bears defense. And I think that's going to be a a big battle. I think they're they're going to want to put the game into the into the running backs for the Vikings. They're going to want um, Mattison um, and Cook to have big games and try not and put it in the hands of um, the blessed Kirk Cousins. Um, but again, you, you look at um, Mitch Trubisky, everything was going well. They were, they were looking to extend their lead. And then Josh Norman, who's had probably one of the worst starts to a season for a cornerback in, in a long time, manages to get a, a you know, Probably a very undeserved interception on on Monday night. So this is it's it's going to be a it's going to be a real tough bruising game. I'm looking forward to that probably mm. the most. Yeah, and again, just to continue with the Thomas Cook theme, I hope you didn't uh, book that that Bears game with Thomas Cook. But so uh, yeah, hopefully on a more serious note, I hope uh, they, for, for those out there that did get uh, Thomas Cook uh, packages for their London games, hopefully they get all sorted out uh, for you. And very quickly indeed, it's uh, not too far away now till the uh, the plethora of London games that we will have. But that's going to do it. We're going to get out of here. It's, uh, we've run on a bit today, but I hope you enjoyed the, the, the podcast. I certainly did. Uh, so look forward to I'll be back between your ears on Saturday with the betting with Adam if you want to get in touch with us at Full 10 Yards on Twitter like I say look out for the Full 10 look ahead which will be on your uh, on the full10yards.com tomorrow and say you two boys uh, will help me put a put together a quality article there so really appreciate your input there really enjoying those articles and again hope you guys out there are too give us a bit of feedback if you if you do or you don't I'd say we're always looking to to appease our listeners and our, our and our followers on all platforms, whether it be between your ears or in your eyes. But that's going to do it for today's podcast. Thanks, boys, for joining us. So in the meantime, it's goodbye from Lawrence. Take care, everybody. And it's goodbye from Sean. Cheers, girls. Catch you later. And it's goodbye from me. In the great words of Kevin Cadle, it's a bye-bye for now. A bye-bye. for listening to the full 10 yards podcast follow us on facebook or twitter at full 10 yards or email the show full 10 yards at gmail.com